This is Global Politics Unfiltered. I'm your host, Musonda Mweche. Thank you for having me, Kakande Chirumira, on Global Politics Unfiltered. I'm a youth elected chairman of Parish, a political activist under the National Unity Platform and a freedom fighter. It has been so hard for me to link up with you because our phones are closely monitored by the government and if you're not using government servers it's very hard for you to talk to someone from another nation or a different nation <clears throat> when you are talking about politics because they cut your conversation short the more you try they, are, they don't get tired they keep on cutting your conversation short and if you insist on doing so for a couple of times when they see that you are talking about issues concerning violation of human rights uh how to be uh how it is like to be a political activist in uganda so you can get abducted confined in a small safe house tortured you go through all forms of harassment sexual harassment they can make you more less of a man or more less of a woman whereby you you come back when you can't give birth or you give birth to crippled or handicapped people and they can amputate some of your body parts black fingernails remove teeth from your mouth and they can as well break bones so they can do anything they feel like because they say for us we are people power but they are people in power for them they are people in power about the internet it it was clear that in uganda on 14 february we had a a general election a presidential generation in uganda whereby the internet was shattered by the regime in order to stop noob elected noob commanders and supporters or activists or agents to throw what has come out of the results on the UG vote app for us to count to see whether you have won the election or not. When the government got to know about the UG vote because we were using before before that we were taxed with 200 shillings on the internet connection so he decided to use vpns in order to boycott that double taxation because already on, on the data bundles you already taxed you get 40 mbs instead of getting 50 mbs on 1000 they take the tax so 
we decided to use VPN and location. I, I when I'm using VPN, I can be located in Zambia, US, in Russia. It depends on the location. When they got to know about that, so what they decided to do in order to stop us from giving information to the UG vote, they shut the, They closed the internet in Uganda, and they made an immediate app to only those whom they call essential workers who are working for the government. And on top of that, we insisted also we noop agents to collect the, the declaration forms manually and we take them to noop headquarters in our areas or in the noop headquarters Kamoch. Many of our noop agents and supporters, around 500, 5,000, sorry, noop agents and supporters were abducted and some killed or murdered by the regime because of the declaration forms. And when pressure mounted, as we said, free Ugandan lives matter, uh, stop abductions, it went globally and those superpowers came to notice that there's something going in, in going on in uganda so they started pressure on the incumbent and also went ahead with this partisan police to tell the the police spokesperson to say that all the abducted ugandans it is the government with them so how can the government abduct its own citizens does that really make sense said by the police senior police officer for me i think the police is there to protect and serve not to abduct its citizens not to kill or assassinate or murder ugandans but this clearly was seen also in the november on november 3rd when we were 2020 when we were going to register our presidential candidate that the police abrogated the electoral commission laws and they made their own laws stopping our president Chagulani from going to be registered on that day we insisted we used force in order for us to go to ginger road where the headquarters of the electoral commission are to register our candidate the pictures are on the internet where the noob spokesperson in that on that day was brutally beaten by the police and they went ahead to make him look like he was wearing rags on that day Joel Senyonyi our president Robert Chagulani who was wearing a suit he had, 
it was also as if he was not tucking in or not dressed in a in a presentable manner not because not because we are doing the wrong thing but we are doing the right thing as the electoral commission said that so and so should come at this time and he picks his presidential forms and he registers with all the credentials necessary so the police and army we are partisan they wanted to stop him from being registered this also happened last year when our president-elect, Robert Chagurani, was unlawfully arrested by the authorities. And the next day, we organized a, a peaceful demonstration. Around 17 plus people were killed in, on the streets of Kampala, Uganda. Who were not armed who were not even some were not even involved in a peaceful demo in that peaceful demonstration and when they that then minister of security or of defense was put on a task to explain what happened he said the government has a right to shoot and kill you when you reach a certain level of violence what they call violence is doing the right thing as Ugandans. He went ahead to say that you had a premeditated plan of setting Kampala City abreast, which I think can't be done by a normal human being when you know that all the businesses that are operating in Uganda are for Ugandans and they are low-income earners for and for for us it is evident that all is banned tires but we don't set petrol stations address or buildings it is evident so when when you talk about how it is to be a political activist in uganda it is like an eminent fino unless when you do your things in a expeditious way and a comprehensive manner because if you delay you can you can succumb to their bullets you can be you can be arrested confined and put in a safe house and even even if you are an elected leader or even if when you are you are an mop like it is to our area mp much in the west alan sewanyana and kawempe north mp muhammadi segirinya who was apprehended without wounds but he was tortured by the regime in the hands of the of the prison owners in Uganda 
Mosto to Alan Sewanyana. But Muhammad Segirinya's situation is alarming because he has sustained wounds that can cause death, has a difficult has a difficulty in breathing, and he he was stopped from getting medical attention from his trusted medical paramedics. He's taken to Mtumulago uh, National Referral Hospital, but he's not has not received treatment as yet, but he's in the hospital. This Kiria explains that if that can be done to an area MP when Uganda is signed on the regime of Oboti, the Geneva law of non torturing a suspect. So, how we, I mean, it doesn't make sense to a person who is just a supporter or an activist. Because a person from a legislature is treated as if he's an idiot. So how is it to a person like me who is just a youth chairman? It doesn't make sense to them. Uganda is a state struggling with the heat of oppression and injustice. Whereby we have to obey the ruling party or die. When you don't obey, at times when you, you you have content and you can they they can make good use of you if you go on their side they first call you to meet them and you discuss they give you terms that you know we give you a deal you join us you denounce your political party or whatever you have been doing and you join us, you start working for us. We are going to give you such and such an amount of money because they already monetize politics. So if you fail, if you say, let me look into the contract, they leave you, you go. But if you come out outrageously and you say, you know, you see, I went and uh, this and this, I talked to so and so, so that becomes an uh, eminent funeral. You either die or they flame you, you go into jail for the rest of your life, or you come out when you are the poorest man on earth. You sell whatever you have to come back. In order for you not to come back and you, st you start from where you stopped or you menace on the political atmosphere in Uganda. Our political climate is under turbulence and political turmoil because for us we are sons and daughters of Luel, 1980 Luelo war where our grandparents fought to stop the cross violation of human rights in Uganda by the then rebel Yoweri Museven. He outright said 
Uganda has experienced change, but change has become meaningless. This group accusing this group of doing this, and this group doing worse than the group it accused. In his own words, he said, don't count NRA, the then NRA, in such a category. For us, we are here by the will of people, for the people. And we shall exercise people's sovereignty in accordance to the constitution of Uganda. But after 10 years, him being in power for five, and we never had a presidential election, because the first presidential election in Uganda took place in the all of, in fact, it's the first presidential election in the all of Africa, the post-independent Africa, 1980, in Uganda. Obote, the president, and Museveni, Mayanji Ankanji, Paul Semogere, the DP president, whose election was leaged. That prompted Museveni to go to the bush, saying that in the leaged elections, <clears throat> and it hurts me that. Uganda would have been a, a nation which preserved the autonomous nature of the state and preserving the human rights more than any other nation in Africa. Because it showed how civilized it was to organize in the all of Africa the first presidential election. But up to now, Uganda, it hurts me that we have never had a peaceful transition of power. Our transition of power is always characterized with blood, sweat, and tears. Coup d'etats, one group getting power through bloodshed. Our president says, don't count us in such a category. He's, uh, he has consolidated power for over 40 years. 37 plus because he's going to be president up to 40, like 42 years when this term ends. But those are the very things he said when he had just captured power for the first years. He came out to the public and said, let us organize an election. And the public said, no, the five years, we have been appreciating the, the old work you did for us when you fought for us from 1980 to 1986, January 26th, January. The, the, the then Rebo was, award, was awarded as the prize for 10 years being in power without carrying out an election by the public. In 1996, we had a generation in Uganda. Seven, it's the most redirection in Uganda. He went ahead and to rule Uganda up to 2001. What another generation? If the counterpart, that is VSJ, made a reform agenda to say, how can a person be in power for 15 years? This is unheard of and we should make a change. They made a reform agenda. The very people who went to the bush started started 
also turning against him. He failed up to now to change the man. The person who came without nothing, aided by our grandparents, I personally, my grandfather, was a gorilla. He was arrested by Obote, Obote 1, Obote 2, and Binais, fighting for freedom of this nation. That's why people always tell me that maybe you were enchanted with the spirit of your your grandfather. And I tell them, this does not this does not mean that what my grandfather did I I should also do, but it is not only our fundamental right, but our responsibility to all Ugandans to fight for what is right. He did his part, he passed on, I have to do my part. As a young activist, we have been through a lot because people think we are financed by the National Unity Platform. Yet, we are doing it for the betterment of Uganda. I've never met our president-elect one-on-one when he joined politics. I've never. But I've ever met him when he was a musician on a concert or on Gaba Road when he was just pushing for Chadondo MP seat. And he just waved to us. But him being the president of the National Unity Platform, I've never met him. But that does not stop me from doing what's right for our nation. And knowing that our Secretary General has my number over and my card number as a member of the National Unity Platform and a commander of people power in the area where I'm living in. And for me, I'm always moved with great fortitude, resilience, and self-belief in order to overcome this turbulence and political turmoil we are facing in Uganda. Our education system is crippled by the regime. Infrastructure it brings tears. Our um, our um, our condition is also alarming, because in health center falls, power can go off when they are be- when babies are put in incubators. To a mother, it hurts. For a mother. To lose your baby when she's put in an incubator and power goes off. I mean that those things hurt us. You can be moved by so many things that are not going on well in Uganda. You can be moved. Even if you don't have interest in politics, you can be moved. 
to say enough is enough. For me, I've never been paid to do so. And I've never even met the, the opposition leader from the parliament of Uganda, that is Matthias Simpoga, or our spokesperson, or our secretary general. But, but I move with great fortitude, resilience, and self-belief because I have that zeal of liberating our nation. The, our nation that once gave aid to Dubai, now Ugandans are enslaving themselves to Dubai, working for one aim. A great nation that once was a food basket of you, the old continent, Africa. All textile companies that were dealing in cotton, what employing the youth, they, are, they were in the hands of the government by the other regimes, but now they are privately owned. And you can find that all companies, 90% are foreigners working in that company. And Ugandans are doing odd jobs like sweeping or mopping, only that. Which those companies used to advertise for senior fours and vacists and senior six vacists to go and work in those companies. But even the coffee marketing board was sold and we don't know as if Uganda does not grow coffee in we don't know what's happening in Uganda about coffee because it used to employ many vakis from S1 from sorry from P7 vakis senior for vakis and senior six vakis so a youth to be employed in Uganda you have to be under nepotism you have to be uh, affiliated to uh, the ruling party or a person under the ruling the, the regime this is evident that you that the cabinet of uganda the ministerial cabinet of uganda you can peruse through it and you see that majority of the people who were given ministerial jobs obey with the regime even when you find someone of let us say dp is a mole in that political party is not trusted or even when you see a person from fdc i personally as a victim when i went to work for a company when i had just completed my senior six the then she was uh an ambassador from uganda to ethiopia she was she employed me as i was a, an employee as a a person serving food to people of your lunch i used to serve them lunch as an activist uh, as a pan-africanist i had my Afro hairstyle, and I had problems with the supervisor. 
So the supervisor went ahead to tell the boss about that. Because, you know, in such jobs, they want you to be neat because one of, you mean, you never know, one of your, your, your hair can fall into someone's food and you may get problems from there. So I personally, I, I was brought in front of the ambassador in order for me to be punished or to lose my job. Then the ambassador said, for me, I can't let this boy go because Museveni has destroyed the nation. I work for him, but I know what boys go through when he loses a job. I talk with Kidalite because it happened to me. And he said, if he, he can cover up his hair with a hood or a chef hood, he will stay working. The same, another thing happened to me when I went to register for national ID. I was among the people last on the line. We lined up. But a woman thought I'm from from the same tribe with her. My appearance, I look to be like a, a person from the Western. So she called me. She said, what do you want? I said, I have come to register. And she gave me the papers. Not following the, the line, she gave me the papers, she said. Feeling what you can understand, and after you come, we fill in together with that you have known, you don't understand. What I did also, I just filled in my name, and after filling in my name, I went to her. We, we did the practice together, and they went ahead. She, she read my name. She said, hey, maybe you are from the Western, but you are named names of people in the Central. I said, I'm Kakandi. I'm from the Central. I've never been a person from the Western. She said, you are lying to me. You are from the Western, and maybe your parents are from the Western, but you have grown up from the Central. So that clearly pictualizes how tribalistic Uganda is. Even when you look at, you can go on the net and you peruse through people leading or in URA, defense, or ministerial jobs, you see that a few people are from, from the central. That is to say, we are always, always left out when they read your name and you are from the central, affiliated to a tribe known as Baganda. But with me, we have gone through all forms of torture, heel treatment, and At times, what pisses me off is not that because we are not unemployed, those who are employed are under, especially the youth, disguised unemployment. Because when you see in just much India, 
the area I'm from, much India, you see that we have around around and a four hundred fifty thousand people but the youth make a number of three three hundred three hundred ten thousand making seventy percent but our challenge is that 99.9 percent are unemployed and those who are employed are under disguised unemployment we are overtaxed corruption in the and embezzlement is the order of the day when you see the recent kusase meeting with matia kasaidia minister of finance and the chairman of the Kosase, you see how Ugandan, the you see how our our country leaders are corrupt and how misuse of government funds is done in Uganda by those people who say that nothing will be done to us. Impunity. Is the order of the day. At once, a, a four-star general or five-star general, Matia Chajigonza, was driving, heading somewhere. He, he made a U-turn in the middle of the road, and the traffic officer stopped him. He says, stop, you can't make a U-turn from here. It is a traffic offense. The man moved out, and he slapped a female traffic officer saying i'm a five star i'm a four star or five star general i'm number 16 in uganda yet what the woman was doing the traffic officer was doing her job and doing the right thing in uganda those things we are put um, to, on the floor of parliament but nothing was done to her to him sorry matea charigonza Another minister, Mwesijek Lukuntana, they had some land issues. He got his gun, he shoot to people who are non-combatant. And they worked upon how it has to be. You start from the police, you go to the police after the director of public prosecution going through your report you go to court when reached the court the man came mr Kuntana, said to the judge the only person who can arrest me is the pope if you don't report me to the pope another person will be god those are the only two people who can stop me from doing anything in Uganda? So that is the, the political atmosphere in Uganda. I'm trying to, to show you how difficult to be a Ugandan. And when you try to, 
to to say that we shall use peaceful means you end up being arrested when it even if when you go through all the necessary procedure that you write to the police that we are going to carry out a peaceful demonstration what and what they say yes they can give you the letter showing that on such and such date you can go ahead the police will be there if you start violence to to stop you from doing so but they don't let you to do so the police is there to arrest the leaders of that peaceful demonstration and they face it rough so we young activists we are at times it comes to 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 my understanding that i rather be in hell than being in uganda because when you even when you work for your own money a lot of taxes are imposed on us you stick on working that so that you get a lot of money as we speak i have a colleague who who tried to work so hard and opened up a car bond they imposed heavy taxes on him and he sold the car bond to one of them and in uganda if because we don't make cars if there were a hundred cars coming to uganda now they are like started entering but on a higher price than before because all other ugandans moved out of the business the judiciary also works for the incumbent of uganda they do in the betterment of NRM, the leading party in the ruling party in Uganda, whereby a person can't be bailed in Uganda when under a treason case. Yet there is no way it is stipulated in the constitution or in the Uganda reports or anywhere that a person can't be bailed out when he or she is still a suspect. This is what we are facing today with the two honorables I talked about before. When you put on a red ballot, like I always put on, it is treason. They say it is an army combat. Many people, when they find us, when they see us posting, they say, you are diehards. You are people who don't fear death. Yet on that ballot, what is written on? It is people power, our power. And it is derived from power belonging to the people and exercising people's sovereignty in accordance to the constitution of Uganda. As point number one, by the constitution of Uganda. The Human Rights Watch or Commission is also a way of this but it's it's doing nothing i tried to call them one day they said we'll get to you we'll get to you their numbers are toll free we'll get to you we are working upon it 
our secretary general, our president, and no elected leaders went to it to talk about the cross violation of fundamental human rights in Uganda. They said, we have the report, we are going to work upon it. Because the chairman is appointed by the president, he goes through the, the, the parliament, the parliament, if the parliament says, yes, is eligible, is a person of a good moral and proven integrity, then he becomes the chairman. But because NRM has around 360 plus MPs are all in the parliament, it's easy for them to do anything they feel like. The person I'm talking about abrogated the constitution starting from 19, 1995 when he changed the constitution with the then minister Batka Turebi and the then the then speaker James Wakababulo making that a person should not lead Uganda when he or she is 75 years plus. But this, for, for back then he was preventing from Apollo Nobote from coming back into, from, from coming back in exile and he becomes, and he goes into in the, um, the the election contesting process so because Apollo Minton Obote was had clocked 75 by then so in in 2020 the same person through the same process using the minister of the minister of um, justice in Uganda and chief justice and oh the vague institution he changed the constitution that any person starting from 18 to up to 100 and 200 or 100 plus years can become president of Uganda. Yet psychological, when a person clocks 65, he or she has to rest from those political hysterias. use the parliament to do so and some members of the, the opposition were brutally beaten and some arrested some went into commas like mitiana municipality mp zake who got even difficulties on the head and he could not move very well after that incident. So, what I'm trying to show you is that it's very hard. It's either freedom or death to be, to be a political activist in Uganda. Because for them, they have their principle. Obey or die. That is the ruling party, what he 
it it preaches to us that you have to obey or die if you don't obey them you are either arrested or they give you money join this their side or you die a couple of things have been subsequently going on in uganda and just even when we are during the time of going for door-to-door campaigns conducting campaigns campaigns from door-to-door area to area our president was blocked from going to kalangala where the electoral commissioner told him that on such and such a date you have to be in kalangala we are around 70 plus of the people who had escorted him were arrested for like a period of eight to seven months for escorting him many political activists under the national unity platform are still missing around 5000 plus nope supporters and agents are still missing and some allegedly died so i don't know how it is for you for you people who at times see it on the news you may think it is easy to be a ugandan but it is something very difficult to be a ugandan crippled education system whereby we are made to be job seekers, not job creators. It is worse on the university level, whereby the university level used to help Uganda in eight, in 70s and 60s. Now it's not helping us for a person to go and study human rights. No, no not human rights, no, um, human resource whereby you can't be employed as a human resource manager in uganda anyway a person gets his friend or what he does that job but still those are the courses going on in uganda so teachers are also crying it's only in uganda in africa where you see students are not going to school because of covid yes the pandemic is real we can't say that they can the pandemic does not exist but it's only in uganda where students are still at home up to now for two years students are not going to school no vaccination process is taking serious vaccination process is taking place we are using trial doses from other countries which those superpowers are trying them on us and many of the people have got kidney failures some with diseases like pressure diabetes have succumbed to astrazeneca that tried those astrazeneca and the government is very relaxed 
So I don't know how we are going to to live in Uganda, but I agree to disagree with anyone who believes that things are moving on well in Uganda. These may seem to be obnoxious statements when they fall into the hands of uh, a wrong person, but to me, you a trusted source, and no matter the ramifications, I'm ready to die for what is right, to do what is right for my nation, and to continue to move with great fortitude, resilience, and self-belief. It is either freedom or we remain in such condi poor conditions in Uganda or in order for us as poor oppressed people to become part of a society that is meaningful the system under which now we exist has to be radically changed and we seek for a transition in all spheres of the economy political social and economic spheres i sum up everything with thanking you all for this wonderful opportunity and letting you know that uganda is a crippled nation in all spheres